0: Well, welcome to First Church. If you have not heard me say it before, we're honored that you're here. If you're watching online, we're so thankful that you have chosen to uh, be with us. And um, tonight, uh, you guys are watching a... The way that I feel right now is I feel like... I don't know if anyone in here is a sports person or not. So forgive me if you're not. Um, but I kind of feel like Michael Jordan, when he decided to stop playing basketball and then to go play baseball, and he was a rookie at like age 35. <laughs> That's how I feel tonight. It's like the first night, you know. Um, I definitely don't feel uh, super uh, comfortable in this I think y'all if you've known me at all you know where I feel most comfortable is with uh, a group of singers and musicians uh, but this is time that our church is stretching right now the, t- the church is stretching right now we're growing we're watching the, the the tough part about growing too is is watching someone grow you know uh, you know I, I, you because you see the growing pains I walked over to my my precious in-laws and I just simply stated, "It just doesn't get any easier." That's all I said, and they knew exactly what I was saying. And uh, and my 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 mother-in-law Tina goes, Yep, it's growing pains. That's just what it is." And if you've ever seen growing pains, I had never seen growing pains until I had kids. And my, if as long as y'all, I think y'all have seen my little son Eli run around. Uh, he, you've probably seen him beat on the drums or. Scream or whatever, Um, probably all of the above. But here recently, he's been going through some growing pains, and he'll just be laying down in bed and be like, "Dad, my legs hurt. My legs hurt." You know, and I'm like, "Man, I've never experienced that ever." You know, and but I gotta sit there and rub his legs, you know, rub his knees until he falls asleep. And so that's kind of painful, but that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. You're watching. You guys are kind of. So I'm hoping that you guys are going to help me out a little bit, okay? That you're you're going to preach with me a little bit. Uh, Before we start, I'd like for us to stand. Um, Before we start, I want to give honor to God, obviously. Um, We honor God at this church. Um, Then we want to honor our pastor and Sister Hoffman. We're so thankful for them. Thankful for their strength. I want to say thank you to Pastor Mike and uh, Sister Bridget Netto for y'all's leadership, everything you guys do. Uh, I also want to say, I want to give honor to our pastoral staff as a whole. Um, we have some of the most incredible leaders uh, all over the country. I'm qualified to say that because I actually do get to travel quite a bit. And so uh, every time I'm out, uh, I, I'm thankful Uh, Every time I see somebody else's church or youth group or whatever, I'm just like, man, they're awesome. But I am so blessed back at home. And uh, I want to give a special shout out to the worship department that I get to serve with all the time. Uh, They are some of the most consistent people, one of some of the most hardworking people you'll ever know. Uh, Whenever you get the choice, always remember this, whenever you get the choice to sleep in at the 915 service and you're like, all right, I'm going to go to the 1130 service, just know that that worship team got there at like 8 o'clock every time, every single week, uh, dedicating themselves, giving their time, energy, effort. And uh, I just want to honor uh, our worship department from here on this platform. Uh, I want to honor my family, my wonderful in-laws, my children, and obviously my beautiful wife. I'm so thankful uh, to have what I have today. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. Praise God. Matthew chapter 8, who brought their Bible? Come on now. Yes, yes, yes. Praise the Lord, all of you, especially uh, spiritual saints in the house that still bring a physical Bible. I'm just, I just brought a Bible this time because I'm preaching, so I'm not even going to like <laughs> hold y'all up, okay? So they're, like, I'm not even going to act like I was just super spiritual today. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, and just to give you a little quick uh, heads up, we're just going to walk through scripture tonight. Um, I I think, I think the thing that I love about our pastor is that he preaches the word and he knows the word and you don't, you don't refute with the word. It never returns back void, you know? Um, and so we're just going to walk through this passage of scripture together. Uh, chapter eight verse starting at verse one, it says, uh, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitude followed him. Speaking of Jesus. And behold, there came a leopard and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. That word worship, if you look up the original word, it, it literally means, and this happened a lot when Jesus walked around, that people would get on the floor before him and 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 just say, you know, hey, I, I, I submit myself to you. You are Lord, uh, especially when they were asking him for something that means that they knew who he was. And uh, so it says he worshipped he worshiped him. Saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, "I will be thou clean, clean." And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And the thing that you need to think about when you read that is, in that culture, you would never, ever touch somebody that was leprous or that had leprosy. Uh, it would immediately get on you. Or, uh, but, it, but, but it just shows the love and compassion that God showed in that moment that he didn't care about it and said, hey, I know that I may be looked at as crazy, but I'm going to touch you. And uh, we're thankful for that. And Jesus said unto him, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, there there came unto him a centurion uh, beseeching him and saying lord my servant lies at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented and jesus said unto him i will come and heal him the centurion answered and said lord i am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed for i am a man under authority somebody say under authority, under authority. having having soldiers under me and i say to this man go and he goeth and to another come and he cometh and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. Then Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. I think that's I think that's such a powerful thing to point out where this man was letting Jesus know that I understand the way authority works. I have people under me, I have people over me, and I realized that, your authority is so much more bigger, so much more higher that all you need to do is just say that my servant be healed. And I believe that. And Jesus seeing that says, wow, I have not seen great faith like this in all of Israel um, 11 says, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, somebody say believed, believed. so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Why don't we put our Bibles down? Uh, just say a word of prayer I'm just gonna jump into the word and uh, I believe that God wants to speak to us uh, on behalf of of the pastoral staff on behalf of what God wants to speak and I just pray that you would pray with me father I thank you Lord for this day thank you for this night Lord I'm asking you Lord to uh, just speak through me today God use me for this moment God I, I don't I don't want to I just want to hide behind the shadow of your cross Lord I want you to be exalted I want you to be lifted high God and I want the word that you have spoken To go forth on our hearts, Lord, we thank you. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, unified authority. Unified authority. And you may be seated. In reading the Bible, I think that it is so vital and so important um, for us to read in context. It is so 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 important. My son, uh, he has he and my daughter have likened this this new thing on YouTube. It's really not new. It's kind of old. It's a show called Superbook, and uh, yeah, some of you have heard it. I I'm like low key, like in love with it. Whenever they want to watch it in the morning, I'm like perfect, you know. Uh, but it's a little cartoon. Basically, the 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 plot is. There's a a brother, a sister, and this little robot that you know they live in the future sort of thing, and the premise of the show is that they go through different things in their life. They go to school, they go to work, whatever, and uh, then out of no, like it'll be something that's happening. You know, maybe they get into a bullying situation at school or they get into uh, some situation where somebody that they're hanging out with is doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And um, then out of nowhere, when it's time to make a decision, there's this little thing that creeps up and they know it's there and they go super book. And it's basically the Bible and they travel in time into the Bible back to a story that is related to the, the situation that they're in. And they watch Moses, you know, they watch Daniel, they watch whatever. And then they see how they performed, whatever it is in the situation that they were in. And then they get translated back to the same situation that they were in. And but while they're there, I think it's so cool because you get to see how it works in our life and how it works in the Bible. And they kind of make it make sense. But the but the first thing that always kind of happens is you when they get there they ask gizmo gizmo's the little robot and he kind of knows everything and so they go hey gizmo where are we at and he puts these glasses on looks around and he goes you are in ancient babylon and you know this is what's going on and this is the time this is the year this is who's in reign and all this kind of stuff it just gives context you know for where they are And I think we should approach the Bible that way. Before we start reading into something, before we start jumping into something, I think it's very important for us to know the context, study the context. If you're reading in a book, uh, you know, if you're reading in Matthew, which is where we're reading tonight, uh, Matthew is the most Jewish account uh, of, of, of all of the Gospels, of the story of Jesus. And uh, you're going to hear so many different things. Uh, the walkthrough right before you get to chapter eight, chapter one is the genealogy of Christ. Uh, you know, it tells he, he begat her, her begat he, all that stuff for a long lineage because that was a very important thing uh, in their culture is to know where, where people came from. Uh, and then it's the birth of Christ. We're celebrating Christmas. I, I encourage you to, 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 to read that. Read that account on Christmas Day. Uh, We try to do that on Christmas. We try to read the story of Christmas in Luke or in in Matthew. It's very, very powerful when you read it that day. Um, Matthew chapter two is the visit of the Magi to uh, Jerusalem where 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 King Herod hears that there's going to be this king. And, you know, then they have to flee to Egypt. You know, Matthew chapter three is is, you know, it it jumps to the preaching, uh, preaching and ministry of John the Baptist. Uh, you know, prepare you the way of the Lord. Uh, and it also talks about the baptism of Jesus at the end. I love uh, how it ends in chapter, in chapter 3, uh, verse 17, where it basically says, this is something, can you guys throw that up there? I don't know if I, if I gave that to you or not. Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 16. Let me see if they got it. I'm going to sprung it on them just for a second up there okay so on 16 this is the moment where jesus is baptized okay he came to fulfill the law right he didn't come to you know to to just come in and say hey i'm jesus i'm born of a virgin and i can do whatever i want to do you know even because he knew the power that he had he still knew the authority that he had as well and uh, I just love the beautiful account of it says uh, uh, in verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lightning upon him. And it says, and a low and and lo, a voice from heaven saying, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." Notice that voice came to him. It says. It says the heavens were open unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. In my mind, whenever I read that, most of the time I'm thinking everyone else that's present saw that, too. You know, I'm thinking everyone heard the voice. I'm thinking everyone saw it. But if I read this, it doesn't necessarily say that everybody else was privy to that information. It just says, and it was open unto him and he saw the spirit. He, he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. And right after that, so that means that he heard the voice say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The next chapter, it jumps straight to chapter four and it says, then Jesus led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Right after you just he just got the 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 identification to whom he is. And I think there's something so powerful there that I want to share with you is that. You know, it's very important for you to know who you are in Christ. You having the identity of who God has called you to be. It is so vital that you know that that you have that moment because it may not be opened up to everybody else. Everybody else may not see that everybody else may not uh, be privy to the information that God has given to you. Uh, You always want to submit that to God because right after you pray for this ministry or whatever it is that you want to do for God. Right then and there, you're going to be led up of the spirit to be tempted of the devil, <laughs> you know, so um, how important it is for you to have self identity. That's a beautiful uh, understanding, and a beautiful depiction of Matthew chapter three into four uh, Matthew chapter four. Again, I'm just giving you the overview going into Matthew chapter eight, uh, chapter four, the temptation of Christ, the entry, uh, the entry into Galilee uh, calling of Peter and Andrew and James and John. And, and and Matthew five through seven. Okay, those 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 three chapters, five, six, and seven, is the famous Uh, Sermon on the Mount, like where you get all of the teachings of Jesus, where he's talking about uh, he's talking about how to love one another. He's talking about, uh, you know, the Beatitudes. He's talking about all of these different things. He's he's now moved into the space where he is teaching a providing information to people and people by the droves are coming in to see him. So that sets the precedent of us reading in chapter eight when it says when he came down from the mountain. Great multitudes followed him. So he's finally been teaching. He's been doing all this stuff. And now there's a ton of people that are following him. You know, the, the, that word follow is, is something that uh, I, I can't help but to kind of smile. So very recently, I'd say maybe a couple days ago, uh, we found out that we, when I say we, I mean me and my wife, that, uh, that we were trying to be scammed by these people that we're pretending to be DTE and consumers' energy. So, my wife, my precious wife, she was like, um, I'm, I think I'm playing basketball at LA Fitness with Cody, and we're, we're trying to get a good workout in, you know, just trying to do our thing. And right before we go in, Kelsey calls me and is like, hey, uh, we have a shutoff notice at 11 o'clock. For our other house that we just moved out of that we still own, and and she says a shut off notice at eleven o'clock, and it's ten forty. It was like in twenty minutes they're gonna go cut off our like everything at this other house, and so I'm like that doesn't make any sense. So I'm looking on my phone. I'm like, man, I know. Like I paid everything. Everything's up to date. We're good. And they're like, no. She's like, no. They're they're telling us that they're gonna cut everything off. So she's like, you need to go to CVS and like make a money gram so that it can get the money exactly straight to them. So I'm going to CVS and I'm like, it's just this moment. It just dawns on me. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, it says I owe $0 to these people, okay? I'm like, you know what? If they're going to cut my lights off, I'm just going to tell them, look, I got $0 owed to you, so turn my lights back on. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to live with it. Then she calls them back, you know, I'm like, well, we'll just try to see what happens. She calls them back and they're like, yeah, we cut off your light or we cut off your uh, your gas. And in order for you to get it cut back on, you need to pay four hundred and eighty something dollars. And I said, oh, my goodness, for real. Like, that's how much it costs to, to cut the light back on. And and she's like, yeah, that's what they said. So I, I, I the next day I called DTE I, and I said, Cause the guy said it was DTE, but in, in, in Detroit or in Michigan, DTE deals with energy. It deals with, you know, your your electricity and your gas is consumers. So the guy's saying it's DTE and he's going to cut my gas off. So I'm like, okay, that sounds a little fishy. And so then I call consumers and I'm like, okay, Hey, like, you know, because she did go over there and the gas was off at the house. So somebody went and cut the gas off, Right. So anyways, long story short, we find out that it's, you know, whatever. We find out that it's a scam. And I said, okay, call call the guy back. Call the same guy that you that you called before. And she goes through all the prompts, you know, and, you know, goes through the whole thing again. And the guy answers the phone. And he's like, hey, who is this? And she's like, this is Kelsey. Hey, and he's like, he reads back the address. It's just, you know, Hazelwood 233, whatever. And she's like, yes, that's it. And. You know, he goes, yeah. So it looks like we're having some issues. he goes through the whole thing, like, like just like before. And he's like, yeah, you owe like 480 bucks, and you need to, if you want to make a payment, you can just go ahead, and I can transfer you to this other lady, and she can take your payment and all this stuff. And 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 I just take the phone from her, and I say, hey, bro, um, I know you're scamming us. And and I said, I said, I know you're scamming us. And I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you and that you don't have to do this. Okay. He then says, this is the moment where they hang up the phone. You know, like that's when you say that, hey, bro, you don't have to do this. And you hear that, you know, like that's, that's what I'm waiting for. He stays on the phone and he says, he goes, uh, he goes, hey, brother, I'm so sorry. You're right. I am trying to scam you. And he says, I apologize if I brought any harm to your family, anybody to you know whatever. So I sit on the phone and talk to him for like an hour and a half, like trying to talk to him, like hey bro, like you know, you know, that's just that's just how I am. I just want to talk to people, try to help them. And so then he ends up telling me this whole you know story about you know, and I believe that it was true. He was telling us like, but he was basically justifying what he was doing he was justifying the idea of like hey you know the universe didn't just you know be very careful when people start talking like that when they start saying the universe wanted me to do this or the universe didn't want me to do that he said the universe didn't want you to be scammed you know so that's why you weren't scammed and uh then he says we start talking about god and then he says listen the thing that you guys do as Christians, and I'm like kind of thrown off at this point. Like, I'm just like, all right, bro, love you, praying for you. Come see our church, this first church, you know, the whole thing. But he says something that really, really perked up my ears. He said, he said, a lot of Christians follow Jesus. They call themselves followers of Jesus, but they're not really believers of Jesus. And when he said that, I was like, wow, like, that's facts. I like that. You know, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> and, and it's so true, especially when you read this again, where it says, when he came down from the mountain, when he came down from all this great stuff, great multitudes followed him. Great multitudes followed He had a ton of people following him. But just because they were following him does not mean that they were believing in who he really was, and I'm I'm afraid sometimes we 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 make this make the same mistake where we will become followers. And remember, if you remember later in the Gospels, you know there was somebody that followed Jesus from afar and watched them. And whenever they were accused of, "Hey, you're with him," Archie said, "No, no, I'm not with them." Be careful, be careful to to, to not just be a follower, but to be a believer. When you believe in Jesus, you believe close when you follow. Sometimes you can. I mean, I'm following mad people on Instagram right now, and some of them live in Timbuktu, you know, so not only be a follower, be be a believer, be a believer. The key verse I want to jump out that jumps out at me in this passage of Scripture is verse number nine, Matthew chapter eight, verse number nine, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth; and to another, come, and he cometh; and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. This says to me, what this, what this was screaming at me, you know, during this, while, I, while I'm reading this, is this man is saying, hey, you know, not only do I have servants under me, but I have somebody that is over me. And you know, we've we've also obviously learned that the he, if he was the the, the leader of a centurion, that's a hundred soldiers, right? I believe it's, is it a hundred or is it a thousand? I think it's a hundred. Yeah, it's a hundred. A hundred soldiers are under him for a century, for a century right? Um, so, him having a hundred people under him and having however many people over him, he's letting us know that, hey, I have servants under me, but I'm also serving somebody. Yeah. I think that there's so much power and authority, you you really have authority when you not only have people under you, but you have understood that you are under someone's authority. It's so easy to just want authority. It's so easy in our, in our you know, in our context, we want uh, to have influence. We call people that have a ton of people that are following them on Instagram or subscribes on YouTube or whatever, we call those people influencers because they have a... They have a product or they have something that people want to know about. Um, People are so craving of that. They'll do anything. They'll they'll have any type of video, uh, do any type of content in order to gain the influence of other people. And but I think in our culture, we're not quick to put ourselves under authority. We're so quick to want authority. Now I know what I'm going to talk about's a little heavy tonight and I know I might get some some quiet little little shimmies in in the in the pews. But but it's something that we really need to uh, th- that we need to talk about here tonight. Um, this also tells me in the same sentence, you know, he says somebody's under him. What it also kind of told me was that he used to be the same guy that is serving him. So, not only do I have people under me and I have people over me? But I was that guy that somebody did tell me, "Hey, you go," and I went. You go do this, and I do this. He's speaking from a place of experience. It's something powerful when you start talking about uh, anything. When you when you hear somebody that has conquered something or somebody that's done really great at something, when you hear them talk about their experiences when they were submitted to somebody else. I love hearing Pastor Hoffman tell stories about him driving Brother Billy Cole around. I love hearing him tell stories about his favorite preachers that he listened to so much. Uh, you know, I, I love listening to other sports people, basketball, football players, that they say, man, I love Dr. J, or I loved Michael Jordan, or I looked up to such and such. That was a person that that, that I submitted myself to. And it just shows the space of whenever they begin to speak to somebody else, it gives that person authority to be able to speak to somebody and say, no, I submitted myself, so you should probably submit yourself. Somebody said amen. amen. And I want you to write these next couple things down. I'll tell you to write these down. Hopefully they got, they, they, they got stuff for me. Um, it's always easy to lead people through where you've been than where you just want them to go. It's so much easier to try to lead people and tell people, "Hey, this is what I did. This is where I went. These are the hardships that I went through as a Christian, as a mother, as a father, as a child, as a leader, as whatever." It's so much there's so much more power behind being able to speak from experience. Somebody said this that was so Uh, impactful to me I heard it and it was just something I want to live my life by in this life you either learn from mistakes or you learn from mentors and to me I want to learn as much as I can from as many mentors as possible I don't want to learn from mistakes if I can help it sometimes you do need to go through the mistakes you do need to go through those hardships because there are some things that you're just only going to get at the school of hard knocks and somebody said amen amen So one story that I want to tell is when I first got here at First Church, uh, I remember when I first moved here, uh, I was instructed. I, you know, I'd been to Bible college for the past four years, uh, studied to be a worship pastor. Also, I did two years of music and I did two years of uh, biblical studies. And Dr. Lindell Anderson is always he's got a soft spot under his foot for people that stop being music and go to preaching like he just gets. He's like, I want the students to finish, you know, I was like, man, I just want to learn about the Bible. You know, I just, I just, I just want to learn more about the Bible. Um, he told me, Dr. Lindell Anderson said, when you go to this new church, when you go to a new place, uh, do us all a favor. Don't go in and try to like change a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Don't get in there and try to like show everybody and tell everybody what to do, kicking everybody in the tail. These people have been to this church for however many years that you have been alive. So don't come in here, try to change a whole bunch of stuff. And I was very thankful that I took that in, that advice. Uh, when I first came here, there was a music director here, Brother Greg Jones. Some people remember him. Uh you know it, it was it was an honor to be here to see somebody I had never seen anybody at that age I think he was the same age as pastor and I think him if very close in age I'd never seen anybody that age that would lead worship that well you know like I just I had never seen that person like up front and, um, so I served him for about eight to nine months, uh, just, you know, whatever he needed me to do. If he needed me to play the drums, if he needed me to, uh, you know, th- there were some things that we, we were using planning center at the time to schedule things. And I was working on that for him. And uh, if he needed me to lead worship, I would, if he needed me to play, I would. And, uh, I, I, I was very thankful that I was giving great sound advice Uh, during that time, because if I would have came in here trying to change a whole bunch of stuff, I probably would have got kicked in the teeth and uh, probably kind of still got kicked in the teeth a little bit. But anyways, story number two is I was learning how to lead. I remember coming here, leading worship, standing up here, and the platform did not look like this, just so you know. It looked completely different. The whole sanctuary looked completely different. We had pillars over here. Some people remember the pillars, right? The paint was, I think it was all white back here. And uh, I mean, it was just completely different. And we had the big pulpit that was as big as my arms can go, probably bigger. And, uh, you know, these are things that aesthetically to a young, you know, guy that's like, man, I, I kind of want to change some stuff, you know. Um, came in and, you know, saw those things. And going through those changes, having those things in my mind, like, man, I want to do this, but you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait and see how this goes. And there was a whole bunch of chaos when it came to the music at the church at the time to me, to, you know, how like a type A person walks into a room and they know where like, or a person that's got like a bubbly personality, everything's everywhere and a type A person, they walk in and they're like, what is this? You know? but they know where everything is, you know, like, Oh yeah, this is where this is at. This is where like, we're good. That's how I felt when I like started peeling back the layers of like, okay, when is, when is practice? When do we do the band practice? Are we using tracks? Who's doing the talk back mics, all this kind of stuff that people in this room probably don't know about. Um, but I'm losing my mind. I'm like, okay, how's this, how is this work? You know? Um, and it was really hard for us to be able to communicate. I'm used to, you guys saw it here this 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 night when we were leading. Whenever I lead worship or whatever, like I, I really want the freedom to be able to jump from one song to the next song, from you know one spot to the next without having to do some big, you know, you know, let's one, two, three. Like, I don't try my hardest not to do that. Uh, we try to just flow and we try to just see exactly how. And where God wants us to move, and so uh, I was trying to teach our singers how to do that. I was trying to teach our musicians how to do that with the number system and trying to figure all this stuff out. And I remember one Sunday. Okay, I'm being vulnerable. This is a vulnerable moment. Okay, like y'all can't get mad at me. I'm just going to be real. I got up here, and you know, this is an immaturity of a le- of a of a leader, right? You you are wanting or expecting the, the, the affirmation from the crowd that you're trying to lead. You know, that is immature. Okay. That is an immature look. That is an immature thing is when you are wanting validation from the people that God has called you to lead somewhere. Pastor Hoffman says this all the time. He says, don't try to prompt the people, try to say something or do something that makes them want to clap, that makes them want to uh, engage in worship say let's let's all worship. Let's come on. Let's worship together and me learning that I'm standing up here And I'm singing my guts out guys. I'm going after the gold like I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying to communicate to the singers I'm saying hey, let's get over here. Let's do this Bam, Let's build right here and and everybody at that time was looking at me like You know, it was just it was just normal You know, and when I tell you my blood was boiling, like when I tell you my mind was just there were a lot of words in my mind at that time. Okay, I had so many words and not enough mouths to say it. Um, I was so. Upset. I was upset at the team. I was upset at our ability to communicate. I said, "Guys, I I've, I found all of these chord charts and these YouTube links, and I sent them all to you. And we had practice on Wednesday. We had practice on Thursday. At that day, at that time, I did the individual uh, band practice on Wednesday night after church, and then on Thursday we had the worship team, and it was just the singers. And then I put it all together, and we sent all the stuff out to them in a week or two in advance, and I am literally doing the best that I know how to do. A lot of people think whenever I'm leading worship and I say whatever's gonna come next, you know, people say that like, oh, you're ad libbing. Like, no, I just don't trust anybody. You know, I just want all of us to know that we're gonna sing the chorus. And it's just better when everybody knows and we all sing it together at the same time, okay? It was just so much chaos at the time. I was so upset. I was a young worship leader, just got married. Actually, I wasn't even married at that time. And I walked off the platform, and I was so upset. I walked into what is my office now and I, I to the point where I could feel tears coming down my face, and I could feel them frying on my cheeks. And I, I said, God, I don't know what else to do. Why is this not working? And I just kind of let, had a moment with the Lord, said what I needed to say. And then I walked back in here and sat down and pastor was preaching. And it was the first time that he had preached something that the worship set that I had picked was exactly what he was preaching about. And and it was just that little piece of confirmation to me saying that God is in control of this situation. And, I heard, and I, I'm telling you, I was praying and I, I still remember, I felt like the Lord spoke to my mind in that moment and said, you no longer possess the right to be mad at your team for something that you've not taught them. You no longer possess the right to be upset at people that don't know how to communicate with you yet because you haven't taught them. And that's why you're here, Dummy. That's just plain as day. That's just just what I heard in in, in my heart and in my mind. (laughs) So I want to put that in perspective to us. You may be wondering why things aren't going how you think they should go. You may look at your marriage or you may look at your children or you may look at your job or you may look at relationship or you may look at whatever it is in your life. And wonder why it's not working. Have you ever been there? Like, please be honest with me. Don't leave me up here by myself. Okay, like. The moment that you feel that, the moment that you feel so like, man, I could just quit. I could just get, like, y'all can have it. Whenever you feel that way about whatever it is in your life, I want you to do this. I want you to ask yourself where is this in my life where is this happening in my life because what we are prone to do in this situation in that next slide instead of looking out the window I always try to look in the mirror okay does that make sense most of the time, whenever I'm feeling unappreciated, unloved, un, un 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 whatever there's usually a place in my life where I am doing that to somebody else. Usually. I would say nine times out of ten. Okay? If you ever, has anyone ever felt disrespected? Like, has anyone ever felt like somebody, man, like, You are clearly not respecting. You're not respecting me as a human. You're not respecting me as a man. You definitely ain't respecting me as a Christian. Instead of looking out the window, look in the mirror and say, who am I being disrespectful to? Is there somebody in my life that I am showing disrespect to? There may not be. But a lot of times it is if we're honest, if we're, if we're truly, truly, truly honest, there is something we are receiving something that we are giving somewhere else. Does that make sense? I know it's so hard. It's because it's so much easy. It's so much easier to just think that you're perfect. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy, like, man, I'm, I got everything right, like, they're just dumb, you know, they're, like, they're just not what they need to be, like, God help them, you know, like, I feel that way sometimes, and when I feel that way, I'm like, man, I probably need to, like, do some self-examination somewhere, because this is bigger than me, okay? I know I'm not by myself. I hear the laughs in the crowd. Praise God. I want to ask myself, where is this happening in me that I can't see? So everybody do me a favor. Look to your right. Look to your left. Look up. Look down. Tell the person, what did you see? You saw a beautiful lady, a handsome man, you saw some green carpet, you saw white walls, you saw blue lights, you saw all these things. And the one thing that you did not see was yourself, okay? Because we can see everything else, but you can't see yourself. It's impossible to see yourself. The only thing that you will ever see, the best part of yourself that you'll ever see, is a reflection. And that's not even a hundred percent of being able to see yourself. The only way, and this is something that pastor John said that was so powerful. He said that there's a progression where biblically you can live in the spirit. Bible says, if you live in the spirit, you can walk in the spirit. But then there's another space where we see Jesus doing this in chapter eight, where you begin to operate in the spirit. You begin to operate in your authority. If you keep reading throughout eight and nine, it's the healing of the leper. It's the healing of the centurion servant. Uh, It's the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. It's, it's, you know, Jesus stills the tempest. He heals the the demon-possessed man. All of these things is, is him operating in the spirit. And in this moment in time of our church is now high time for us to be operating in the spirit, to be operating in the authority that God has given to us. Okay, I believe that 100 percent. I believe that somebody needs to receive that. Come on. Somebody clap your hands in this place and just begin to worship God. We receive that right now. I receive that, God. I want to operate in the authority that you have given me. But the only way that you will operate in authority is if you get under authority. I'm going to read that again. And you need to write that down. I didn't make a slide for you on that. But the only way you will ever operate in authority is if you you get under authority. Hebrews 13 and 17. I think I've read this scripture almost every time I've preached here. Obey them that have KJV says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. That gives us two different things that obedience is different than submission. For they watch for your souls as they that have that uh, that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. I like the NLT version. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. <laughs> That's a hard one right there, right? I'm just, I'm just, we just going to sit right there for a little while. And just, Lord, help me today. <laughs> obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow that would certainly not be for your benefit yes. it is so 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 important that we understand this and i will say that this is a concept that as a kid growing up i naturally obeyed like i was a i was a very obedient Kid. I didn't want to go out and be super rebellious and, you know, just do a lot of stuff. That's just not that was just not my nature, you know, but me just being obedient has protected me a lot. But at the same time, just because I was obedient doesn't mean that I was submitted. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I did not understand what submission looks like. I was talking to Pastor Mike about this. I didn't understand what what submission really meant until I had kids. I didn't. I. I you know how like when somebody's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know until then. Where I'm, and I, I, you know, if anyone knows me, like I, I, I think a lot. Like I just think about things a lot. Um, and when I when I was thinking about this, I, I was like. Okay, I have a son I this is the first time that I've ever under like and I don't even fully understand it, but I've gotten glimpses of understanding this. How many people have kids? got quite a few in this room. I did not know that you could love somebody so much. I had no idea that because I didn't grow up with that I didn't grow up with my real father like I like I did not know that you could just, all, like, already, they don't do anything. They come out crying, come out pooping tar, like, and that's exactly what it looks like. It's like, I'm exactly right with that. It smells like tar, too. I didn't know. I didn't realize that it was, man, he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to do anything else. And I was proud of him. And I loved him and it made me think of that moment where Jesus is baptized and that voice speaks is a great example. Great example. I could never hear myself say to my son, all right, son, I know you messed up. You're five. I just need you to get out of the house and just go. You know, I know you're five, you know, but I need you to get a job and just do your thing. Okay? I could never I could never hear myself say that to him. I didn't know that love existed. And then I started thinking about this, this concept of submission and obedience. I want him to obey me. I want him to listen to my voice and, you know, him associate, you know, my voice with the voice of God. And when, when, you know, when you hear your father's voice, you stop and you, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, you you think about what, what you're about to do, you know? And then I started thinking, man, there's coming a day. There's coming a day where he can make any decision that he wants. There's coming a day that he can do whatever crosses his mind. And it's going to be that day where I can't say anything to him at that point. He's a grown man. He can make whatever decisions he wants. He has free will. Right now, he ain't got free will. He got Draylen will, Okay. He going to do whatever I will him to do. But there's coming a day where he makes his own decisions. And at that point, all I can hope for is that I have modeled something in front of him. That I have shown him how to be under authority. That I have shown him what it looks like when you have a great relationship with a spiritual leader When he or she says something to you that you actually do it and you talk about it at home and you say, we are submitted to our leadership because there's going to come a day that he is going to have to decide whether or not my relationship with him meant anything. And at that point, you have graduated from obedience to submission where I just hope. And pray that he wants to know what I think when he's 18. All right. You know, when he when he when he wants to leave home and and he wants to marry some girl and he wants to go to this school and he wants to work this job. I can only hope and pray as a father that he would call me. I'm just praying, like I like I can't tell him, I can't bombard him. I'm only gonna hope and pray that he's gonna call me and say, Hey dad, I got this going on, I got this happening. What do you think I should do? And at that point, he will be submitted to me. He will show his submission of, hey, son, I think this is what you need to do. or This is what I think you should do. or This is what I would do. He's he's another way of saying it is he's allowing me to be his designated driver for this decision. You know, he's allowing me to. Hey, bro, I think you should do this, man. I think this is the right way to go. Because not only do I know the things that he knows about himself, I know the things that he doesn't know about himself yet. This is why it talks about. Obey your spiritual leaders. We're almost done. Just because and this is the next point, just because you have power doesn't mean you have authority. Just because you have power doesn't mean you have authority. authority. I know a lot of people that's got power. There's a whole bunch of men in here that's, that's got some power on their hip or power on their back, packing some steel. That thing, powerful. I'll let you know right now, it's powerful. But without them putting themselves under authority, that's just loose power. When a, when a police officer comes up the authority is in his badge and the power is in his gun. But I know a lot of people that have power. And when I say associated with power from a spiritual sense, I, I say, man, that person's powerful in their in their ability to do this, or they're powerful in their disciplines, or they're powerful in, you know, they have they have this, they have this gun of of of. Uh, being able to sing really well, or they have a gun of being able to speak very well, or they have this, or they have this talent or gift, but they have no authority. And again, pointing back to the other point, you only have authority when you are under authority. This is why it's so important for us to go to church, okay? This is exactly why it is important for you to be here, okay? Okay? And all the people that are watching online, we love you. We hope the only reason that you're watching us online is because you physically cannot be here or that you live in Canada. Right. Get that. It is important for you to be a part of the body of Christ. I said, is it? It is important for you to be a part of the body of Christ. It kills me. It kills me dead to hear people that say they want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and not his bride. It kills me. It's like, how many people have you heard that say, oh, I got a relationship with Jesus, but I don't go to church. You know, that's the same thing as somebody saying to me, hey, you know, you know, Pastor Drew, I want you to come and, and, you know, teach me some music, I want you to, you know, teach me this, and I want to learn some stuff from you, and, and you know, whatever, and I say that, and I'm like, cool, cool, you know, like, yeah, man, let's do that, you know, like, let's let's, let's make that work, or, you know, whatever, and then I say, yeah, man, why don't you come over to my house, and, uh, you know, me and my wife, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have some food for you, and we'll, you know, do this and that, and then he stops, and is like, yeah, bro, like, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to have a relationship, like, at all with your wife, like, I don't even like her, like, I think she's stuck up. I think she's ugly. I think she's this. I think she's that. Like, and proceeds to go off to me about my wife. It's the same thing when you say that you want to have a relationship with Jesus and not his bride. That makes no sense. It makes no, no sense at all. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 through 40 says... You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So in other words, you can't have Jesus and Jesus alone. It's Jesus and his bride. It's Jesus and his church. Okay. There's no way it can't happen. I didn't say it. He said it. I really wish you could have what you want. You know what I'm saying? I really wish you could. I wish that we could just give everybody what they want to do, but that's not what it says. That's not what it says. Think of this as last, last little thing where I'm just kind of giving that, giving that a. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm inching the door closed on that idea. Okay. That would be the equivalent of a young lady that wants to have a relationship with me and not my wife. (laughs) That's an inappropriate relationship. If I'm super close, cool, buddy, buddy with some girl and we're texting and we're on the phone and we're spending time and my wife don't know about it and my wife's not connected to it. That is an inappropriate relationship. And our Savior knew that when he said, if you want me, you want the bride. You can't want me and not want my not want my bride. There's just no way it works. It's all together. Somebody say it's all together. Look at your neighbor and you can write this down. Say, I don't serve a decapitated Jesus. I want the whole thing. Because that's what sometimes, and, and here's the thing: some people want the body and not the head. If Jesus is the head and we're the body, some people just want Jesus walk around with a head. That's really weird. It's just as weird walking around with a body with no head. Don't I tried to I tried to like look up a picture of something decapitated. Don't do that, please. <laughs> Don't do it. There were so many Google blurred out pictures like where they like, you have to click to see like, it'll unblur this video. I'm like, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, you don't want to do that. Simply love God and love people, especially his church, especially his church. We're almost done. The last point is the only way we arrive at operating in our God given uh, abilities, and I might have wrote this wrong uh, is through the vehicle of submission it's through the vehicle of submission I want to illustrate to you what unity what unity can really look like and I'm, I'm coming to a close I want the band to kind of be ready real quick but I want to show you how important it is that not only we're unified, but we're also submitted in this moment, okay? In this moment of our church. So important for us to be able to operate the way that we need to in order for you to be able to operate in the God-given ministry, in the God-given talent, in the thing that he has put for you to do because he has something for you. He has something for you to do. He has a list of people that you need to reach. He did not call you or me to reach 8 billion people by by myself. He's too smart for that. But there's a list of people that I need to be listening to his voice. I need to be so close and so tuned in to hear his voice, to know who I'm supposed to reach, who I'm supposed to be talking to who I'm supposed to teach a Bible study to, who I'm supposed to, 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 to pray with, to pray for, you have somebody on your list. Yes. And it is the most important thing in your life. Yes, it, is. it is the most important thing in your life to operate in the spirit yes. under authority, yes. under unified authority. That's the beauty of a church. Yes. The power that comes that comes from us Unifying ourselves. Okay? Now hold on. Stay right there. I'm going to show you something. Stay right there. (laughs) Stay right there. Okay. So when I was at Bible school, I had to learn. I had to learn that. I also had to learn. I had to learn that. So when I get a band, of other people, and I say, play six, play four. play that. Sit right there, play same tempo. One, two, three, four. I'm able to communicate to her what it looks like. Because I submitted myself to my piano teacher and I said, I want you to teach me. I want you to teach me exactly how to play the piano and how to communicate to another piano player what they should play, okay, then I I went, keep playing, keep playing, then I went and I had a bass lesson and I wanted to know how the bass works and I was like, Speak to Aaron Davey or somebody else that plays it and say, hey man, play a six, four, one, five chord progression over and over again with that tempo. If you can. Now I got another one. So now I want Josh. I would get in the drums and do this, but I feel like it might be a too loud. So we didn't, we didn't test this mic. But just go in there and just play cut. play guitar. I want the guitar player to come. And I want you to play the same chord progression as them. Give me some guitar swells if you can. Give me some guitar swells, you know, just something something that, that makes it sound real pretty in the room, you know. If I didn't do this, if I didn't put myself under somebody else that knew how to do this better than I did, If I could do it just as good as that person, if I didn't submit myself to that person and say, teach me how to do this, teach me how to pray, teach me how to fast, teach me how to come to church and be consistent, teach me what this really means, teach this word to me that it it gets deep in my heart that I won't forget it. I would never, ever, ever be able to come to these people and say, play a six, play a four, play this beat, play this on the guitar. You see how out of order it would be for me to go and try to tell people what to do and I didn't do the stuff before? It makes it that much more easier that when we come together, it makes it so much more effective. It makes it so much more effective. Unity is so much so much more important that we're able to operate. I want us to stand. Singers, I want you to come. Keep playing that. And I want you to sing. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on knees. Your love never fails. See how many voices sound so much better when we're together? Sound so much more powerful when the music comes together. When we forget about what we think we know and we all come together and we just worship and we just say, God, use me for your glory. Use me for your Someone, if you could come to the altar right now. Shameful for us to come and try to be a part of a church and not do it His way. It'd be a shame. The reason I'm teaching this, and I really believe this, number one, because I feel like the Lord told me to do this. I really do feel like He he wanted me to let people know in this room that you have a God given gift, you have something that the Lord wants to use for His glory, for something greater than yourself. I love this saying that the thing in which I'm a part is greater than the part I play. The thing in which I'm a part, the church at large is so much more important than the small little part I play, but it's still important. still important. And this is something I want to speak over our church moving into this new season that we're in is there are going to be people that come here. This is the, I believe this is the core, right? This is the, this is the core people that come on Wednesday nights that want to hear the Bible studies and want to go grow deeper in the word. And I know some people couldn't make it. I'm not throwing any shame against anybody that's not here, but the people that are consistent, that you see all the time that are always at prayer, that are always at Wednesday night service, they're always in a life group, they're always serving. Every single time you see these people, I see these same people all the time. Do not underestimate the teaching that you are getting at this moment because there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day where there's going to be so many people that come into this church and they're going to be looking to you for leadership. They're going to be submitting themselves to you As leaders, as elders, as people that have been coming to this church for years and knows how this thing goes. What are they submitting themselves to? What are they submitting themselves to? Are they submitting themselves to somebody who is not submitted? Are they submitting themselves to somebody that talks bad about how things are really going and I really think we should do it this way or I really think that we should do it that way or I didn't really like this. Church we have to be unified we have to be unified at all costs at all costs at all costs I wonder if we could just lift up our hands one more time just begin to speak to the Lord and say God what are those places in my heart what are those places in my mind God that I've not all the way surrendered to you oh Lord where are those places oh God where I've tried my best to 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 do just what i wanted to do or say it the way i wanted to say it god lord i i I don't want that God, i I can't have that in my life i can't have that god i have to operate in the spirit god i have to be unified god i have to have unified authority in my life oh lord god i submit to you lord come on if this is a moment where you, you 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 can repent right now father i repent lord turn to that side again, oh God. I will do my absolute best, oh Lord, to do all I can, God, to be submitted to the vision, to be submitted to your will, to your plan, oh God, so that I can ultimately be used of your glory, that I can ultimately, God, be used by what you want me to do, God. Oh, Jesus, come on, if that's your prayer, make it loud to God right there, hallelujah.